Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. This week we'll be discussing psychological erotic thriller La Mondeuve, as well as hearing from the film's writer-director Francois Ozon. I'm Sam Heller, and joining me to discuss the film are Stephen Ryder. Hello. And his twin brother, Steve Ryder. Hello. <laughs> and it's the Powell sisters, <laughs> Kelly. Hi. And Kel. Hi. <laughs> Unimaginative parents. <laughs> How's oh, everyone doing? So All four of you? <laughs> really good, thank you. So yeah, we have to keep up this bit for the whole yeah, podcast. No, we'll see how long we go. I mean, <laughs> uh, it is already really hot in here, so I don't know how long we can keep up this ruse exactly. that there's five people in here. <laughs> uh, so the film we're discussing today is La Mondeuble which translates to The Double Lover as we follow Chloe, played by Marine Vach, a fragile young woman who falls in love with her psychiatrist, Paul, played by Jeremy Renier. Uh, but when they move in together, Chloe finds a clue which suggests Paul is not all who he says he is and harbours a dark secret. Writer-director Francois Ozon has held many honours throughout his career. He graduated from the illustrious La Femis Film School in Paris in 1993, he was a member of the Berlin Film Festival jury in 2012. He's known worldwide as one of France's premier filmmakers with films such as Eight Women, Swimming Pool, Potiche and France. But this week, he's reached his greatest achievement in becoming the first person to appear twice on the Curzon Film Podcast. <laughs> he's officially a friend of the show. Last year, he was on to talk about France and to talk about Le Monde Duba. We sent one of the Ryder brothers, uh, Stephen, Stephen, yeah. Stephen, to speak to him. Enjoy. So thank you for joining us, Francois, on the Curzon podcast. I think it's your second time here. Um, and we're here today to discuss your new uh, erotic thriller, Le Monde Double. Apologies for the uh, accent. Now, I guess that's kind of the first thing I want to talk about is, do you think that calling it an erotic thriller is correct? Or do you think that that's kind of the laziest way of describing the film? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what you want. Uh, just my new film. Uh, for me, yes. When I try to, to sell uh, this script to my producer, I, sa I said to them it will be a erotic thriller. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the same time, it's the portrait of a woman. It's uh, it's many things because very often in my movies, I like to mix different genres. Absolutely. And not to be in just in one direction to go in different directions so so it's a mix of different things yeah oh cool because uh yeah i certainly i certainly felt that as i was watching the film um i think yeah i think it starts off uh you know in a, v a very dreamlike mm -hmm. um but 
it, it definitely morphs as the film goes along. It changes and transforms. And I think that's what keeps it so fascinating. Um, when you were making the film or when you were in pre-production, did you have an, a reaction in mind that you wanted to get from the audience with this film? I have some intuitions. Mm -hmm. Intuitions, do you say that? That's perfect. Intuitions, but uh, I'm not this kind of director who knows exactly where he wants to go. I don't control everything. I'm not like Hitchcock of Kubrick who makes some uh, storyboard or this kind of thing. I like to keep things open. Okay. So very often during the shooting I change the script, I change scenes and uh, I use the actors to help me to discover things. Very often they, they offer you things you didn't accept and which can be better than what you have written. Yeah. So I like, uh, I like the film becomes something else than what I have in mind because uh, it's more exciting, you, know? you never know exactly, for me, I never know exactly what would be the theme. Of course, I have some ideas, I have some, some, uh, some goals, but I'm not sure to reach them, because very often, you know, the reality uh, takes place in the film, and things change, and you realize sometimes that a, a very important scene in the script, you will cut it at the editing room, you don't use it, you, do, you don't need it, so there are many many evolutions during the process of a film. Oh, that quite surprises me because your films come across as very controlled to me. And no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I control too much. Actually, I control nothing. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing that they turn out that way. Of I mean, I control when I'm at the editing room. Yes. Because, you know, I have ah, okay. material, you know, to, to tell the story. But uh, very often, if you read my script and if you see the film at the end, you don't really, of course, you recognize the story. Yeah. But uh, very often, people say, ah, the film is better than the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully, they don't say the, the film is better, <laughs> the, the script was better, but uh, uh, there is always a kind of revolution. Oh, cool. But talking about the kind of evolution of the film, um, it's based on a, a story by. Joyce Carol Oates, um, who, who wrote uh, The Lives of Twins. Lives of Twins? Yeah, Lives of the Twins. And um, I wanted to know, when you first came upon this book, did you immediately kind of ha envision this kind of film in mind? Or is it... Yes. Yeah, you did. Yes, because uh, I love stories about twins. I thought it was very perverse and funny at the same time. And uh, it was a good uh, material, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. story. Of course, I, I made many adaptations. I changed many things because it happened in America. But uh, I kept the, the perverse spirit of Joseph Carlos in my film. No, that's great. And I, I, I think it's great that you say that you like stories about twins because yes. um, my mother's a twin. Oh. So I've been around twins my whole life. Oh, and okay. I hope she doesn't listen to this, but I'm still a little <laughs> bit creeped out. I still find it a little bit strange. In this film especially, I think it kind of in a heightened way plays upon the fear of twins. Yes. Do you think it's more about the, f the fear of being a twin or the fear that people who aren't twins have of twins? It's not a question of fear. For me, I have no, no fear uh, in front of twins. I'm fascinated by twins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I would have loved to have a twin. Oh, really? Oh, yes, I would have loved because when you are a teenager, many twins, when they discover sexuality, they play with that. And it can be very helpful to have a twin, I think. But how uncomfortable must it be for those, uh, as this film suggests, yes. those that fall for one of the twins or have a sexual relationship with one of those twins? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's a fascination for, for a long time. So a lot of people are saying that this film is very, very different from France, which is what you discussed last time you were on the Curzon podcast. Um, to me, it feels as though 
France was a very restrained film, mm-hmm. um, arguably uh, repressed in some ways. Yeah. Do you think that this is kind of this next film afterwards is kind of an explosion of that repression? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Exactly. <laughs> yes, uh, I love to make uh, France, mm-hmm. but it was a very restrained story, and it was about uh, people who hide their feelings, their emotions, their sexuality, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to go to something more explicit and more controversial in a certain way yeah so each time i try to to go in another direction and not to repeat myself yeah, absolutely do you think that this film uh well you'll know the reaction in france has it uh, garnered a kind of controversial reaction um controversial it's, it's a big word but uh, i think it's the people you love or you hate mm-hmm. very often mm-hmm. but i knew that i knew that uh, it's a film people don't want to see and some love to see this kind of yeah, absolutely yeah yeah i think it's not a film for uh, uh, for some kind of people but uh, if you like cinema and if you like to play and uh, I think you can really enjoy it yeah and I think that you mentioning that if you like cinema Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's so much to gain from this film because it's to me I saw so many kind of hints and uh, shades of other filmmakers um, is that something that you definitely wanted to kind of get across? I had the feeling that with that story it was a good opportunity to play with some elements of mise-en-scène I had never done before Okay. so and especially because it's a film about uh, the unconscious of the character I had really the opportunity to, to, to make some extreme things in the, the way of shooting mm-hmm. And of course, it was not possible to have this kind of shots for for France, which in which the mise en scène is behind the character and the story. In the case of this film, La Mandoub, I could play more with my camera, and uh, so it was very playful to to have this material to to to, to explore some some new uh, some kind of new mise en scène. Yeah, it certainly shows because I think I read that you you filmed this one on back on digital after doing the last few films on, uh, on film. Um, how did you find that kind of transition? Was it easy to go straight back to digital? It's easier in terms of production, mm-hmm. it's faster, mm-hmm. but at the end I prefer uh, <laughs> 35 millimeters. Oh, good. But uh, my next one, my last movie is in digital again. Okay. Not the same reasons. But for La Mandoube, it was important to have this very uh, sharp uh, frame, Mm -hmm. clinical frame Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the story. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, the the mise-en-scene and the clinical aspect of it, um, what I've been wondering since I've seen the film is your decision to put Chloe in a gallery space as her kind of job. Um, could you could you go on a little bit about why that is and why you decided to use that location? The book of Just Carlo, she was a model. And uh, I thought it was too cliche. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the story of my film, she was a model a long time ago and she made some money being a model. Yeah. She didn't like that. And uh, I like to, to have this uh, confrontation between art and this girl and the unconscious and how art can, can go inside your head and how your, your own desire can be projected on the walls of a museum. 
So I wanted to play with all these elements. I, I used to be a, um, a gallery invigilator ah, myself. Okay. And um, you do have a lot of time to think yes. in a gallery. And <laughs> Dream. Yes, and I think you definitely see that on, on Chloe's face. Yes. So working with, uh, with Marine Vact, again, for this film, um, you worked with her previously. Did you have her in mind when you went to, uh, to make this film, when you were writing no. the script? No, I, had, uh, I didn't have her in mind because I thought first she was too young. Mm -hmm. Because when we made uh, Jeanne et Jolie, Young and Beautiful, she was uh, 20, 20 years old. Wow. Uh, 21, maybe. But she, she looked 16, 17, so it was perfect. Mm -hmm. But uh, for this film, I was more looking for a real woman. And um, I was supposed to make this film just after New Girlfriend, before France. And because I didn't have the rights of the book, I, I made France, and so I came back after to the film. And during this time, uh, Marine became a mother. She had a baby, and uh, she was becoming, because we were very good friends, I saw she was becoming a real woman, and uh, uh, not a mature woman, of course, but a woman. And uh, so I, I proposed her the script, but I was a little bit nervous because I said, once again, it's a, it's a film with naked. <laughs> She will be shocked, and actually, she loved the script, and for it was, uh, it was uh, a good opportunity to compose a character, which was not really the case for Young and Beautiful, which was like a documentary about her, mm -hmm. you know, about the mystery she had inside. And in the case of this film, she had to compose the character of Chloe, which is very far away of what she is in life. So it was very exciting. Yeah, it's a very mature performance, I think, from her. You kind of it almost seems as though she's coming of age whilst making this film, which is it's, it's an incredible thing to kind of witness her character grow and the acting grow at the same time. So, do you think that there are changing attitudes towards this kind of film in France? Because I was reading a little bit about the um, the attitude towards Fifty Shades of Grey, and that was kind of nobody batted an eyelid over there in uh, in France. I know, I know in America when they released uh, La Mandou, they said the French Fifty Shades of Grey. It was a good publicity, but I don't know if people went to see the film I think, because of that, I'm not sure. I think that is good publicity, yeah. but uh, I'm not sure it's entirely true. No, no. no. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. I've just got one last question. You mentioned your next film earlier. I think it's Alexandra. Uh, no, the, the title has changed. Oh, it's changed now. Do you know, were we allowed to know what the title is? But on a scale of uh, France to Le Mans Double, yes. would it kind of fall on that Francois Rosan scale? It's a film about men. Okay. It would be quite different. Oh, interesting. Well, I really... Excellent. I really look forward to seeing it. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Francois. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so one of the Ryder brothers and Francois Ozon there. Uh, I think the best place to start when talking about Le Monde Double is the opening shot that people have been talking about for well over a year now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Technically not the opening shot. Yeah, I was going to say this. But, uh, it's, the, it's certainly the one that kind of opens the film in a way. Yeah, it, it does do that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, interestingly enough, he decided to open it with a montage of her getting a haircut. Which I think is important as well, based on... We already spoke about this a little bit, me and you. Mm-hmm. Um, a very referential film for this, yes. I think. We, th- we, th- we think in Rosemary's Baby here. Rosemary's yeah, Baby, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. So, should we start with that then? As we're there, the haircut. Mm. Chloe has a haircut in this film. Uh, very similar to the haircut that Mia Farrow's character has in Rosemary's Baby. It's almost identical, really, isn't it? It's but, sort of, yeah. Is it called a pixie cut? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's done to emphasise how how gaunt yeah. she mm. looks. But, but obviously, with, with Rosemary's Baby, uh, Mia Farrow starts off that film looking like very rosy cheeked and yeah. lovely and full of life and zest. Summary. Yeah, uh, whereas in this, um, Chloe just looks terrible from the start. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't get to see this woman become uh, kind of damaged in a way. Yeah, you, she's, she's just, already there. Yeah, she's already there. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's interesting that they show her get the haircut because it's pretty unnecessary. Like, mm. you know, I, don't, I don't really care. Yeah, I forgot about even. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's what I mean. I mean, as soon yeah. as the next thing yeah, happens, yeah, the haircut exactly. takes. Yeah. You know. Exactly. But I think it's I think it's a kind of a statement, perhaps, you know, a sign that this it's okay to compare this to Rosemary's Baby and two other films. I think Ozon yeah. is saying, you know what, you I'm happy for you to make those comparisons. And if she just appeared on screen with the hair, we might think, oh, that's quite similar to. Uh, Rosemary's hair mm-hmm. but because mm-hmm. he sh- actively shows her getting it cut it's almost like the character she's getting into character that's, yeah it's absolutely. almost that was a behind the scenes footage of like okay you, mm. we're going to give you a haircut like Rosemary mm-hmm. and he's going to show us that to get us into the world I was, I was speaking to Jonathan Romney the other day and he basically said to me that Clang. Thinks, sorry Stephen you've uh, dropped something <laughs> <laughs> dropped a name no, 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 no. he was saying to me that he thinks I would have told this joke myself, actually. I think it's very funny, but I have to give him credit. He told me that he thinks that the film should have won uh, Cannes last year, the uh, Brian De Palma d'Or. Oh, that's good. Um, because, obviously, like you just said, the film is so referential from the start. Yeah. And I think it's very he very explicitly wants people to know that, else the film, then, if he doesn't, then the film is just a series of uh, very problematic <laughs> kind of uh, scenes. He wants you to not take this seriously. He wants it to be like a cinema lover's film, I think. Yeah. I think so too. You know, um, as evidenced by like, I think it's five minutes in we get like the split screen. So much split screen in this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which is great visually. I think it looks fantastic. Uh, yeah. Not the biggest fan of the split screen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, no, I am. Yeah. I mean, and being used, used purposefully. I mean, it's there all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. single way he can yeah. do it. He emphasizes there. the double. Yeah. The double. The double. Sorry. Yes. Double. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, if you want to talk about that, that first shot. Um, let's let's get into that because um, this film is almost is uh, comedically on the nose with its symbolism and yes. Uh, yes. this opening shot. There's a really nice article on Vulture by uh, Carl Buchanan all about when he was a can and everyone was watching this film, and it's fir- pretty much the first thing you see in the film is this shot. It's so let's say it's a shot of an open vagina, uh, close up, and then it is a match cut to an eye on its side and then a tear rolling out of the eye mm-hmm. and he writes in this article everyone started sort of laughing at Cannes 
Mm-hmm. So like, it's laugh, sort of laughing like, oh my god, this is happening. Also <laughs> yeah. laughing because like, oh, it's this kind of film. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. And I mean, that's yeah. how I felt as well. I was like, oh, okay, great. Like, this is, <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is going to be this kind of film. This yeah. is going to be a, as we said, a De Palma or a Rosemary's Baby. It's almost uh, Polanski-esque as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's not entirely, it's not entirely comedic. It's not entirely an out-and-out thrill ride. But I think it. It's designed for you to just enjoy its its campiness, its quirkiness. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he he's a provocateur. Yes. I think in the same sense. I've also heard this film com- compared to a to a von Trier film, and I don't think it's quite that extreme mm-hmm. to anybody who is thinking of going to see uh, this yeah. film. It's not uh, as kind of brutal. No. It's lighter. Yeah, I mean, I, if I remember it, it doesn't have the amount of violence that I was expecting in it, mm. actually. No. Um, I think that the imagery that you that you talk about and the light on the nose imagery is all very sexual rather than um, violent. violent. Yeah, um, there is some violent scenes. There's mm. some horrific scenes actually, mm. but it's not, you know, it's not consistently brutal. I feel, but no. more more erotic than anything else. Yeah, I mean, some people are going to find this film very unsexy. I think that's the that's where you landed there, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I you like I get I get what he was trying to do, and I think it I think it definitely works. Like, uh, you know, there is a it's all it's on the nose all all the time, you know. And if you know what he's referencing, I think it's going to be much more, more. You'll get it more, yeah. you know. But even if not, it's still something. It's not like you you'll you'll be lost. You mm. know exactly what's happening. Yeah, I mean, Ozone would have been in the crowd at Cannes, um, and uh, you have to wonder when he heard that. The laughter. laughter. Whether he was, was he, whether he yeah, oh yeah, thank he God they get in, it. Yeah. Yeah. Whether he sat back in his seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the end of um, the disaster artist. Like, yes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Running out into What's the funny? Yeah. Crying, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, consoled back in by Jeremy Renier. That's <laughs> fine. They love it. <laughs> I mean, he must have had some very direct conversations with his actors about this film. Yes. Yeah. I don't think you read the script without talking to the director first and, oh, yeah. and asking. How, how is it going to be done? Like? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because on, on, on page, this must look like a very, very, very strange and problematic mm. film. Mm-hmm. On screen, it takes on a kind of life of its own, I think. Yeah. Um, and it becomes a... Uh, yeah, I think camp is the word that we keep going back to. And it's not overly explicitly camp. It's but not. I think, I think it kind of um, almost slows down the campiness mm. rather than ramp up. Mm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's up and down, I guess, for real. Yeah, I, have you uh, have either of you seen? Um, so are we are we allowed to talk about the the dark twist? That Should you... we get the the thing that I don't think is a twist out of the way? Yes, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's a twist either. I mean, it's even the twenty title. minutes in. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we find out. So she finds um, Chloe finds Paul's passport, and he's got a different surname, and he kind of brushes it off as, "Oh, that's my mother's maiden name." She does a little bit of investigating and finds out that he has an identical twin brother who's also a psychiatrist in France. Mm-hmm. And um, she begins to have an affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis is his name. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she is yeah, <coughs> sleeping with both brothers. Yeah. Um, um, it's. I, I. I mean, this is the thing for me. Like, I think to, my mum's a twin, and my best friend's identical like, twin. An yeah. identical okay. twin, and so is my my best friend at home. He's a he's an identical twin as well. I think twins are weird. Like <laughs> conceptually, like lo- like on a on a conceptual scale, mm. the idea that there's somebody out there who looks exactly the same as you yeah. and shares ninety nine percent or whatever it is of the same yeah, kind yeah. of DNA or whatever is just an, an odd thing to to um, to see. But it's also What's the uncanny, right? How, how, how weird must it be to live it? Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. yeah, to live that kind of thing. I think this film really plays up on that. 
Um, I don't think it's an accurate representation of what it's like to be a twin whatsoever. I don't think this film is an accurate representation of anything. <laughs> no, no, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, accuracy is. It's not but, what he's but, going for. But, but it's that heightened fear yes, yes, of what yeah. you know it must be like to have somebody that shares the exact same kind of aesthetic mm. as you. Mm. Um, and I don't think there are enough films made about that because I think it is quite a scary thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's an interesting concept to explore. Mm-hmm. I think he does well mm-hmm. uh, exploring those facets of you know, having to live in the world and the light and the dark and the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. and the, It's all, all that kind of sort of... Yeah, duality. The duality, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And <clears throat> that's, uh, that's where the split, split screen comes in very useful at times <laughs> and the sort of... Well, there's a lot of use of mirrors, which I know is kind of obvious in a film about twins, but yeah. it's done really stylishly. I think it's done really yeah. well, really effectively. Yeah. It's a heightened genre piece. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, these films have historically just not... Uh, not They've been divisive, heightened genre pieces. You know, yeah. Like they're, they're the things that take style over substance, which this film absolutely does. Yeah. They're always going to be divisive. Um, but, I mean, if you want to go in and kind of get... Uh, overpowered with this imagery for yeah. a long time in the cinema which is what a lot of people like mm. uh, it can become either this like kind of amazing experience or it can become just uh, just irritating but it's certainly yeah. worth seeing oh definitely um, but I mean the, the great have, have either of you guys seen uh, Dead Ringers oh like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that I mean it's this is very Dead Ringers-y yes. uh, it's kind of an obvious comparison because it's about twins but yeah. the sort of idea of a woman being caught between two sets of, of male twins mm-hmm. was mm. there and the sort of bizarre body horror sexual imagery that both of the films elicit yeah. is very so much there. I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know, I've never seen the Cronenberg film, but as you said, that it was, it's, it, it's an interesting play on how the two twins brings out different sides of her sexuality, mm. and I think it's a very unique way to explore that in herself. Like, the, the, you know, the sort of splits in her, her, in her own sort of psyche and what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentally mm-hmm. uh, and emotionally, I think being with the two twins brings out different sides of herself she's definitely uh, and her the, sexuality in the way that she she explores it. Yeah, she's um, definitely the more multi-layered character. Oh, totally, which I think is important because yes. there's lots of problematic moments in, the, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Even though I know that I think he was he's doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he essentially. Uh, like hammers you over the head with a lot of this yeah. stuff, um, so it is it's purposefully on the nose. But yeah. I think she's like her character, um, drawing you through this because it is from her perspective, you know. Absolutely, um, yeah. And so you're never quite sure what's happening in reality. But I think it's a nice way to explore those that like multifaceted uh, side of her own sexuality and the repression and the. So, yeah. yeah, I think that the maybe we, we get so many films, I think, about about women being caught between male twins. And it's this idea that men are very, like, uh, easy to kind of split into two categories, the light and the dark, mm. but women aren't so easy to split mm. into those mm. categories. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, mm. but uh, we definitely seem to... Films definitely... I mean, films focus on men in general anyway, but mm. they definitely, when it comes to twins, they seem to have this focus on, like, male twins. Yeah. That seems to be mm-hmm. the thing that a lot of directors seem well, to it's about. Well, I mean, I think it's a theme that runs throughout this film, and I don't think it's a spoiler, but it's about, like, dominance, you know? Oh, absolutely, you yeah. You know, dominance and sort of the, the you know, weakness, um, and I think that's a very masculine trait to mm-hmm. sort of explore mm-hmm. and doing it through the twin thing I think is a clever device mm-hmm. but I think that it's reflected within her own journey which yeah. I think is clever I yeah. think that's really important because this isn't like 
this isn't about a virgin who takes takes up these like different approaches to sexuality to please a man and to try and you know tame him it's you know it's about a woman who's kind of who's opening up and finding different you know unorthodox means to live out her own sexual desires um and there's that takes many different shapes in the film mm-hmm. um you know this when this when this um, debuted at can the big talk was this film is really sexual like in a kind of mm almost a fun way like people are talking about oh my god I haven't seen a film that's sexual for ages and it is very very sexual like I'm not going to go into detail but there are things <laughs> I've seen in this film that I don't think I've seen in a big film mm-hmm. well this is a huge film or anything but in a film of this it's, pre- stature it's, gonna, this, it's big in France yeah mm-hmm. kind of prestige yeah. film that yeah. it's doing and I think wow this is this is going there mm-hmm. um, but I think it's it felt to me most of the time that Chloe is leading that yeah not all the time but because you know um, I I don't want to bring up the F word, but Fifty Shades of Grey mm-hmm. is probably a film that this is it's got a close cousin to. Well, it's interesting you should say because in France, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey got a um, I think just a like the, the equivalent to a twelve yeah. or really? a twelve yeah. A. Yeah. In France, uh, they, they, they barely they bat an eye. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. But um, that's the I think that's the thing is <laughs> French filmmakers they do feel this need to kind of provoke. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of that comes through in this film, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, the, the it's almost taunting me, so it's yeah. like, we'll do what we want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the film with a shot yeah. of vagina. Yeah, because... What are you going to do about do, it? Yeah, exactly. But af- after Gaspar Noé's love, yeah. a couple of years ago... Where do you go from there? Yeah, and I think you've got to this point where you... <sighs> directors are starting to realise that you can't show sex on film um, and make it completely serious mm. like the, I think Gaspar Noé tried it with love but it still came across as like on the nose camp, and camp yeah. mm-hmm. and kind of extreme uh, and heightened and I think we have yet to see a film that kind of approaches sex in a more kind of I don't want to say mature because I think this is quite a mature film in some ways but um, a frank way in a frank way yeah, yeah yeah casually yeah more casually yeah. Um, but you, th- you, you think what these I mean what I can take from the film is that I think the two performances the two central performances are, are pretty great um, and I think they put themselves through the uh, the ringer with a lot of those scenes. They do. Uh, it's very physical. Yeah. Uh, I, go I really for like it. physical performances. Mm. They really do, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, and I think she's got a super interesting look to her, isn't she? She does, yeah. yeah. She looks a little bit like Felicity Jones. Like a French Felicity. French Felicity Jones. <clears throat> Felicity A little bit. Well, she actually reminded me of. Um, uh, what's her name? Wait. Boys Don't Cry? Hilary Swank. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of young Hilary Swank. Hilary, yeah, yeah, Hilary Swank. Yeah, Hilary Swank. Which was quite... Because, I mean, to go back to the haircutting thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's well-known fact that, you know, women's femininity is tied up with hair. Like, hair yeah, is a big yeah. way to express your femininity and your sexuality. And, like... Um, and so the act of ca- chopping, like, quite violently chopping that off in the beginning... Yeah, it is quite a violent haircut, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not... It's it's quite a rough cut. Yeah. Um, so uh, to to make that sort of the opening statement of the film and then for the film to explore, you know, that side of her uh, life, because it basically just is that, which I quite appreciated. Like, even in the first 20 minutes, like, the first 20 minutes is just scene for scene just her going back and back to um paul the the therapist and i was like i like that it's unashamedly just showing us these scenes like yeah. it doesn't show us anything else about her life it doesn't show us you know it's like where she lives or yeah. like you know I mean, you, you see the gallery don't you though that's the only oh, yeah. other place 
but only yeah, in other yeah, places yeah, exactly. you get to see Which is them. an interesting comment maybe on art and the way that other things are expressed yeah. in mm. art um, because mm. of the, the artworks are quite um, intriguing in and of themselves. Yeah. And the fact that she's just watching people watching That's art. That's the thing. I used to be a gallery invigilator yeah. and uh, I definitely recognised the like time that she has to yeah, think. It was, <laughs> yeah, and not only that, it's voyeuristic, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, it's this kind of, nobody's seeing you, mm. but you're watching them. Mm. And it's yeah. like this mm. weird, really, really like, uh, voyeurism that, that goes along with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the hair thing, I think, is a, is a, has to be tied up in that. Yeah, you know? sure. And the fact that she does look quite boyish um, in the way that she dresses, even. Yeah. You know? I think that the fact that they chose kind of a very willowy, tall yeah. woman to play this part um, I mean, that's a very deliberate thing from Ozan, I think. Definitely, to do that. and she's beautiful. Like, her yeah. face oh, she's is stunning. so beautiful. Stunning, yeah. Yeah. But not so stunning that you can't connect with her. It's yeah. Un like, yeah. not like unrealistically stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. And, and I think the fact that, that they make her look so sick yeah. um, is, is an indication that like this is a real person. They don't try yeah. to make her look beautiful for the entire film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important too. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, it's based on a book called The Lives of Twins, which is not a very good title. Terrible. But to be honest, if this wasn't called La Main Double, it would just be called The Double Lover, which is a equally bad <laughs> title, I think. Yeah, I quite like Rough Cut. Yeah. <laughs> when you said yeah, it, I was yeah. like, that would have been a good name. Yeah. <laughs> What's Rough Cut in French? <laughs> um, so yeah, based on a, an American book, and the book is set in Connecticut. And I think that would be more like a kind of... Um, I don't know, like a sort of a bored housewife, housewife book, yeah. you know? Mm. And which I think this film really manages to avoid. This mm. film is not just there to be like, she has a boring life and she does this to excite her life. It's, mm. she's very, it's just, yeah. I know that the, um, the sex scenes are very over-stylized and they're big talking points, but there's also, there is some sort of casualness to them. Yeah. It's not a big build up to her doing any of these things. No, mm. They yeah. just kind of happen without like major discussions. They mm -hmm. just kind of, it kind of flows well from one after the other mm. without making too much of a big deal about them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually. Um, and I, but I also think that that's what culminates in one of the kind of more extreme scenes in the film, yeah. is that they, because it becomes so casual, she feels the need to kind of keep up in the ante right. every yeah, time. Yeah. Um, which I think is, you know, a good metaphor for relationships in general, um, in that they keep having to find new ways to make it exciting for themselves, and their sex lives play into that massively, yeah. you know. Um, but even just the thought of like sex therapy being, you know, not so mainstream, because that's essentially what, you know, Louis, mm -hmm. the psych psychotherapist, mm -hmm. that like it begins that that sort of relationship begins under the guise of sex therapy. But sex therapy is a real thing. Like, <laughs> so what, the therapist helping their patients through sex. Yeah. 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 That's so an actual that. real thing. Yeah. 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 I think it's not. I was going about to Google it, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you well, have to like clear your history. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's another like running cliche as well in like films of this nature that uh, male psychiatrists are like perverts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. all a little bit. Uh, they're all obsessed see with inside. sex. They're like Freudian, Lacanian, obsessed mm, with yeah. sex. And, mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. He seems to uh, think he's absolved himself at the start of the film yeah. by saying. Oh, I'm sorry, I, after many sessions with <laughs> yeah, exactly. being like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't carry this on because yeah. I'm very attracted to you. Like, at that it's point... It's the only thing yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And she's like, oh, you've helped me. She's literally just spoken herself into, like, a realisation. What's the line she says? When I'm with you, you make me feel like I seen. exist. Or like seen. I exist, like yeah. I exist, yeah. Um, which is, you know, a... Uh, 
a very str- it's a very strange opening sequence. It's very dreamlike the first ten yeah, minutes. Yeah, I film. really enjoyed that. Yeah, the really, first ten minutes know? are super. They move in a super interesting way. Yeah, and a, the pace is like the way that it flows is mm. really great. Like it, you know, mm. it, it, it draws you in. Slows down, like you said, and kind mm. of pulls back a little bit after yeah. those first kind of dreamlike. Like it, it reminded me a little bit of. Um, some of the stuff by the uh, the Duke of Burgundy director. Oh yeah, Peter um, um, Peter Strickland, like uh, and Barbarian Sound Barbarian yeah. Sound Studio with a lot of that kind of like the the pace was yeah. It's it, you don't expect that at the start of a film. No. It's very mm. montagey. Mm. Um, yeah, it was very much of yeah, yeah. To, to push very the Burgundy. Yes. Yeah, particularly yeah. Um, yes. this sort of weird double sex scene. Yes. Yes. Where yeah. there's a lot of these like sort of people images blurring into one another. Oh, hello, persona. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and it's very much you know this kind of like the idea of like the cell dividing and yeah. moving in and out with yeah. each other. Quite a scary scene, I thought that one. And really good like sound design in that as yeah. well. And mm. it's it's uh, pretty typical of a film like this to kind of. Use this, um, use this kind of really ambient but powerful sound, like you're in a vacuum. Kind of the stuff that like David Lynch uses mm. um, to turn what should essentially be a nice thing, a sex scene, yeah. into something kind of horrifying eerie, yeah. and eerie and yeah, horrible. Yeah. And it kind of it yeah, does yeah, that juxtaposition really makes like, your skin crawl mm, a little bit, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, that like under, that. under the undercurrents. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. There's something else as well about. So we've we've called this a few times now an erotic thriller, like a genre film. I mean, how easy do you think it fits that mould? How how conscious do you think it is trying to fit that mould? Because when I think of an erotic thriller, you know, we've said it a few times, a De Palma film or you know, a Hitchcock film where you actually see the sex. Mm-hmm. Or like a... Basic Instinct. Yeah, or basically, yeah, Verhoeven, yeah. 90s Verhoeven. I mean, as well, there's another thing that, like, this film, if it is like those films, which I think it mostly is, yeah. uh, these don't get made anymore. They don't. These, um, like, mid-budget... Um, genre films um, they don't get made in America anymore um, so it's nice that someone in the world is making them and giving it their own spin it's very true I'd love to have seen this made in like 92 with Michael Douglas <laughs> you know <laughs> I that would have been I great that was mm. back when these films well you know like I was saying off mic if this was a, an American film I think people would be talking about it very differently um, yeah. because of well, the cultural shift in America mm. at the moment in comparison to Fran- France, which has been very kind of like mm. sexu- sexually liberated. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's mm. entirely true, but like for a, lo- a longer time, you know, yeah. less repressed in that yeah. way. But for some reason, I mean, I, 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 there are comparisons to be made, but side effects? Yes. I yeah. Say, yeah, side yeah. effects is trying yeah. to do that as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, which, yeah, actually there are quite a few comparisons. Psychi- um, male psychiatrist. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think eroticism is a strange thing, though, because there are a lot of films that we're seeing nowadays, or we were seeing before as well, that are erotic in a very different way to just full-on sex scenes. Yeah. You know, like, stuff like, yeah, um, yeah, like Chunking Express is yeah. quite an erotic film. Yeah. But, and, and In the Mood for Love is a very, very yeah. erotic mm. film. No sex scenes in those films. No. Um, you know, this, this takes the idea of eroticism being sex. Like, yeah, that's yes. what eroticism is, and I'm not sure if that's you know in 2018 as interesting as a film like that, that yes. looks at eroticism in a different way. But it certainly does give a spin on it, like you've said, yeah. and mm. a knowing spin as well. I think yeah. so. Yeah, that you could say was kind of existing in Paul Verhoeven's films, but you know that's an well, old. Paul Verhoeven was kind of doing it from within, wasn't he? Yeah, like he was making the films Hollywood wanted him to make. Yeah, but secretly he was making films that he kind of. I, I get a film with Paul Verhoeven, and you knew like in 20 years' time they'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, like with Robocop and Basic yes. Instinct yeah. and Starship Troopers, like, oh, we get it now. 
But mm. they were they were satires of American films. Yeah. Mm. This feels more like a satire of a French film. Yeah. Which is why it feels different from Vahoven. through the lens of an American. Yes. Genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. A lot yeah. of layers going on. Yeah, there is yeah, a lot yeah. of layers. But I think this is what Ozon's interested in. Yeah. Because um, I mean, France as well, which I caught up on yeah. uh, over the weekend, is so different from this film. Totally different. Yeah. It's like he repressed himself in France. France is a very repressed film. Yeah. Everyone's trying really hard not to get naked in France. Yeah. The whole yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas on this one, you know, they, they just do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Shot. <laughs> exactly. It's like it all came bursting out, like <laughs> France. Yeah. yeah. Like, blame France, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, something else I've gotten written down as well: the neighbour in their apartment. Oh yeah, this the uh, old lady. That's Rosemary's baby out through and through, mm. isn't it? That's um, oh, what's her name? Minnie. Yes. Minnie Castavet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Nosy na- elderly neighbour keeps coming in with food, looking at the apartment. So mm. prying into their life. Yeah. That's another just, yeah, a that's, that that's, really, really caught me. That's the kind of stuff that, that's when the film kind of leans more into horror territory, I yeah. think, though. You know, when yeah. you've got all these kind of like, it's the same with the um, the young girl at the end of the film. Mm. We won't go into too much detail about yeah. it because that is a really interesting plot point. But that becomes very much horror-like something, as well. Yeah, something else that just popped into my mind um, is that I quite like the fact that like her repressed sexuality comes from mommy issues and not daddy issues. Yeah. Because yeah. these women are all like mother figures, right? Like mm-hmm. these weird, creepy mother figures. And it happens a couple of times mm-hmm. in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of, she's confronted with that. And it's like her mother issues, are, you know, and about like bearing, the, the person who's sort of bearing yeah. the twins. That's very true. You know. Yeah, because usually um, it's the other way usually, And then if we're sticking to like strict Freud, you know. Good mm-hmm. daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's that. that uh, the film, I think the film bounces around a lot with genre yeah and I think that is gonna um, throw some people off their kind of feet a little bit um, and and I'm, I, I, I'm almost certain that's what I was unwanted with yeah. this film is to kind of throw people off kilter um, and I think he's definitely succeeded with it for better yeah definitely there's yeah. also a lot as well about who knows what 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 really happens in certain scenes like we were talking earlier mm. and we we kind of we kind of understand the ending mm-hmm. <laughs> there's also some bits are a little bit vague yeah and I think uh, you know need unpacking uh, any any final points to add then, on uh, La Mondou? No, other than that, um, other than that, I think Ozon is kind of at the moment buying into the idea that he is a provocateur, mm-hmm. um, and I think he tried with France to to show people what he can do uh, when he's not provoking. Yeah. And um, again, it was a very divisive film, but for very different reasons. Some yeah. People found it boring. Some people found it lovely. Um, so yeah, if he carries on down this path. Yeah, we'll have to see if he goes dives headfirst into the erotic thriller and becomes like the Paul Verhoeven of the yeah of the twenty first century. I mean, that'd be great. I'll be, be up for that. <laughs> I always forget yeah. how much of a Paul Verhoeven fan you are. So Big Paul Verhoeven fan. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm. I think this film also is just. I just had a lot of fun with it, even though it's sometimes a hard watch for certain. You know, it's quite psychologically. You're watching someone who's very psychologically damaged. It's mm-hmm. not always easy to watch. But this film, I think, really has fun with a lot of these genre things. And mm-hmm. like I said, I really. I lament the fact that we don't get the mid-budget thriller anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice that at least someone somewhere in the world is doing it. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not it's not Marnie by Hitchcock, you know. No. It's not it's not so hard to watch because it's yeah. a full-on breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, mm. it's got that undercurrent that's going on. Yeah, there's like, a little bit of Black Swan thing mm-hmm. going on as well. At yes, yeah, 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 for sure. And I love sure. Black Swan. <laughs> so. Uh, also, uh, so as I mentioned earlier, this is the second time we've had Ozon on, and the second time we've spoken about an Ozon film. Uh, so if you listen to this show and listen to what Ozon's saying about his film here, 
Um, why not go back and check out what he said about France and what we said about France, and it could be a nice podcast double bill for you. Mm-hmm. Of course, as always, let us know what you think about La Monde Double. You can contact us at podcast at curlson.com, or you can get in touch with us through Twitter. Uh, La Monde Double is not only in cinemas, it's on Curzon Home Cinema as well this weekend. We all highly recommend it. Yeah, um, sure. But don't watch it with your elderly parents. No, don't do that at all. Um, <laughs> but no, definitely check it out just to just to kind of be stunned by the um, the gall. The, the gall, yeah, yeah absolutely. So thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe, like, and review us. Uh, we're available every week on iTunes and Acast, and all our episodes are always still available. Last week we had a very good episode with one of the Pal sisters, mm-hmm. Kelly, mm-hmm. Uh, talking about Zama, which is getting incredibly good reviews, and we all love it. So do check Please out Zama. Please go see it; it's so good. Yeah, this is brilliant. Uh, so that's goodbye from Kelly. Goodbye. Goodbye from Kel. <laughs> we're still doing this. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye from Steve. Goodbye. I'm even on board of it. Goodbye from Steve. <laughs> <laughs> And it's goodbye from me. See you next week. I'm sorry, is anyone else dying? Yes. It's very warm. Okay.